Good morning, and I'm really excited about uh, sharing a little bit about what we have been doing as the uh, Crossroads Gospel Community. Both uh, Gene and I will be kind of giving a, uh, some highlights as to what we've been doing and, and that kind of thing. So, um, Crossroads is a nursing is a nursing facility which is off of uh, 120 and 47, and um, it's a location that we, as a church body, had initially identified as a ministry area. Um, but then, as we were thinking about dividing into two groups, and that we were uh, there was a few of us who uh, were thinking that this is a, a place where we would really keep. Uh, ministry. We had made connections with uh, some of the residents there. Uh, we have a, a woman by the name of Stephanie who became a very key uh, contact within the facility to, you know, initiate some of the things that we were able to go in and help volunteer with. So, um, but with COVID coming along, uh, that facility was locked down. So we were shut out of a lot of things that we had been able to do before. So um, when we came together as a gospel community to focus again. We were uh, trying to renew then our understanding of what is God's heart for Crossroads and what can we do in order to convey uh, that heart to the people at Residence, even though we couldn't go into the facility. So that was a, a time we spent so that we could uh, think of the different things that they might have been going through there um, that we still wanted to bring light and, and uh, hope uh, into their lives. Uh, and that we also uh, were recognizing that because uh, they were feeling separated, there might be instances of isolation that the residents might be feeling. And then also with the uh, staff, that they uh, were probably having a lot of work that they had to pick up on. So we knew that there was those kinds of things generated within the uh, crossroads and uh, just trying to think of ways that we could reach in and minister to them at that time. So um, one of the things that we... Uh, considered that was we were highlighting uh, Christmas, and since that's such a significant holiday, we uh, were thinking that what we would put together would be something that would be individualized for each of the residents, um, but then also trying to support the staff in some way. Uh, we knew that um, through Stephanie that probably there would not be any decorations that uh, the staff would be able to put up at that time, or even the residents, because they were uh, enclosed in each of their rooms. There was no group gathering in that. So they were very limited in having that spirit of Christmas be demonstrated uh, just in a visual way. Um, through uh, Stephanie's help, we were able to get a list of uh, all the uh, residents at that time. Not their first and last, not their last names, but their first names. And it was very heartening to uh, get that list because we were unsure knowing that there had been sickness and possibly some of the residents who had passed away because of COVID. Um, we were just wondering which of the people that we had already ministered to might still be around. So that list um, helped us to rejoice in a way because of some names on there that we were familiar with. And it's like, oh, good, they're still there. So um, we, uh, we wanted to identify and focus in on, on people by name and give them uh, some, uh, uh, you know, some way to decorate and celebrate Christmas, but also at the same time to come up with a message that we would be able to uh, give to them about what the meaning of Christmas is about. So in our preparations, uh, we went about uh, feeling that we were going to get uh, a gift bag together, have different items placed into those bags. Uh, we put together like uh, socks and some game books and uh, other items along those lines, some candy, some treats, and that kind of thing. 
Um, and Stephanie had also mentioned that what might be a good thing is to purchase these miniature Christmas trees that we would purchase for every single one of the rooms that were, were there. So we had to get like, what, 50 or more trees or something like that? And um, when we went out to find those, we found that the dollar stores had all been sold out of those things. However, Emma had a connection with a, uh, a former junior high mentor of hers uh, who came in as an assistant and said, hey, let me help you guys find those trees. And she went out to a Vernon Hills uh, dollar store and found all of the trees that we needed to get. So we felt that was a real answer to prayer because we were stymied for a little bit as to, oh, goodness, we can't get our trees. How are we going to do this? So that individual, through uh, uh, Emma's connection, helped us do that. Um, and then also, uh, then we started assembling uh, these items. And uh, this is also uh, where some of the creativity within our group kind of showed through too. So we had uh, Bob who was able to, uh, with his laser printer, put, he created some of the ornaments. And Dolores also, she embroidered some of the uh, um, stars, tree toppers that would go on some of the trees. And of course we had Emma who is a graphic designer. That's always a good plus to have <laughs> as a group because she was able to put together the, the cards and them themselves. So here we have an example of what the card is, and uh, we had a message in there um, about uh, the Christmas and the gift that is given to us through Jesus Christ, through God sending his son. And what that means as, uh, you know, here, is, here we're given the gift of life, um, and we, we wanted to make it a positive message, even though that they were facing hard and difficult times that uh, this uh, COVID uh, aspect that was that they were facing, we wanted to turn that message into one of more of a hope and message about life and life giving, but a free gift that was available to them. And uh, so we were able to individually write the names of uh, the residents on those cards, and then we inserted one of Bob's ornaments as a personalized ornament for them to use on the tree for um, for decoration and that too. So. Um, we were able to really get uh, a lot of <clears throat> a lot of um, items in. Of course, when we delivered these, we had to kind of project earlier delivery because everything had to be quarantined before they would be allowed to go out into the residence rooms and that. So we kind of had to watch our time frame and make sure that uh, what we were going to give to them was going to be delivered to them at appropriate time. So. Um, one of the last things then that we did around Christmas is that there was a small group of us that went around and did some caroling outside of the building. Since we couldn't actually go in, we, we faced the cold weather and, uh, and there was an a assistant of uh, Stephanie's whose name is Julie. And she was just a tremendous help during that whole day because she was so excited about helping us figure out the placement of where we could go around the building. And we had like six different locations around the building that she had uh, arranged or thought would be best for us to, to sing. And then she went inside the building and kind of alerted all of the residents that were along those rooms in order for them to be prepared, maybe open up their window a little bit so they could hear the singing. It was a little difficult to kind of sing with masks and then also have to be some socially distant kind of thing, but we did have the help of instruments and a... Um, we borrowed their karaoke machine from Crossroads, so that helped with a little bit of uh, volume assistance. But 
We were able to see them. We were actually to see the faces of some of the residents that we had known from before. And uh, we also got to see that there was uh, Christmas trees that we had delivered, that they were in the rooms and decorated in that. So we were very much appreciative of the fact that those things were, were evident with our, with our ministry there. So, um, so that was, and then at the Christmas for the staff, for New Year's, uh, we simply thought that, well, food would be good for them. So we delivered donuts and coffee uh, for New Year's uh, Eve weekend, uh, knowing that there are probably going to be people who are going to be spending extra time during that holiday there for the staff. So, so we were very much uh, blessed in being able to provide uh, hopefully a little bit more of a, a Christmas celebration and spirit for them at that time. So. And now we're going to turn it over to Jean, and she'll continue with the next phase. So Christmas was great, and it really let us connect again with uh, Crossroads in a way that we hadn't been able to connect since March. So we were all excited, but also perplexed on what our next steps should be. And one of our members was... Her comment was that she believed in the power of united prayer. Sorry, my glasses fog up and I can't read without them, so they'll go off and on. Anyway, we started talking about, well, how can we, how can we get prayer requests from the residents? And the more we talked, the harder it seemed. And we thought, well, we can pray for them. We have a list of names, and so that's when we got smart here and made prayer cards. So we had eight prayer cards. We were eight members, basically, of our group, and we put a few names, and then we listed different areas of the staff. So like we were praying for residents as well as staff, and then we had a list of some prayer requests that we could pray. And then weekly we could pass the cards around so you weren't praying for the same people all the time. So we started that, but it also started us on a journey of uh, how can we pray better. And that's when we started studying the book uh, on prayer by Hallis B. And that's been... For me, that's been a big highlight. I mean, I feel like I'm a fairly good prayer, but it just has equipped us in some new ways and reminded us of things on prayer. We will be continuing this. Uh, so you can pray for us as we finish that up. So then our next plan was, what's another way that we can get the gospel into Crossroads? So we thought, well, there's... Valentine's and there's St. Patrick's Day, but Easter is the time when the gospel message is really more powerful. So that's when we, again, used the talents of our group, and Emma helped us prepare a card with the gospel message, but in the card, it also had a list of things that we had shared about why God, why the resurrection was valuable to us. And it also offered an invitation for residents to send us prayer requests. But 
uh, at this point, we haven't received any prayer requests. So we were a little disappointed in that, but we did open the door for them to send us requests if they would like. So once again, we had a list of names, so we were able to address the cards separately. And then we also were able to send uh, some tulips just to brighten up the atmosphere. Oh, cookies went with the cards. And the cookies were largely donated by Jewel. And then some were purchased for the sugar-free people in this. Anyway, um, I need my glasses again. Just a minute. So I guess our summary here is, uh, has our ministry been fruitful? And so probably the one thing that has touched us is we received a thank you card from Crossroads residents, especially related to the caroling. And then again recently we received one after the Easter um, so that was a big blessing to us. Can you go back to the list there? <laughs> and then um, another real encouragement for us was one of the residents who passed away from COVID had been pretty close to the Bilex. And they had shared the gospel with him. And when Stephanie wrote to them to tell about his passing, she said, I'm sure we'll see him in heaven. So that was a big encouragement to us. Um, let's see. So our, our uh, probably our two prayer requests would be to pray for ideas for us in connecting in the future. Because as you all know, this not being able to have personal contact is difficult. So pray for ideas for us for how to connect in the future and also pray for us as we finish up the um, prayer Bible study. Thank you. Who's going to pray for us? How would you like us to do the prayer? Just to be in prayer? Yeah, just with each, wherever you're sitting. Okay, so, so yes, um, uh, to re, uh, reiterate Jean's prayer request, we, uh, uh, we know with warmer weather there's probably going to be maybe some opportunities to actually come back in person to Crossroads, but that's still up in the air. So, um, but we still need a little bit more creative ways to uh, minister that, so that'll be one prayer request. And then also that this uh, study and prayer, as Jean said, that that will uh, continue to help us be emboldened and uh, discovering what God's heart is uh, on an ongoing basis for that. So um, what we're asked to do at this time is to spend about three minutes or so wherever you're at, uh, as, you know, together if you're seated next to somebody um, or by yourself, just to spend some moments and uh, we ask you to consider those prayer requests. So, so let's pray.
Lord, for these requests and for everything that you've provided, we thank you. And uh, please seize into your hands. In your name, amen. Crossroads is not a they, it's a we. It's a part of we. And uh, it's easy for us to somehow have too much separation. But when you sing a song like this, we're asking God to speak to us as his people all over. Um, For our part, one of the things I noticed in this song, in verse 1, it says, that the light of Christ might be seen today in our acts of love and our deeds of faith. And as you've heard, we have a lot of acts of love that our group has done. Our our desire is that it would not just be so that people would focus on us, but that they would see uh, the light of Christ because of that. And then in verse 2, it's, there's a part that talks about... Um, Uh, Cause our faith to rise. Cause our eyes to see your majestic love and authority. And when I read that type of thing and and think of the soul rising and just that beauty of glory, I want it to not just be something that we see, but I combine these residents and staff at Crossroads and say, oh God, all of us... uh, a person who is old or bedridden in crossroads does not have any less ability to have their soul rise and their spirit rise. So think about some of that as we sing this song.
Next we'll be next we'll be looking at our singing verse <laughs> song number seventeen. When I ask you how are you, what do you normally say? Fine. I'm fine. But what if I asked you and instead you answered it's well with my soul. So let's practice. How are you? It's well with well my soul. It's well with my soul. This song, uh, again, it's it, when I when we sing this, I identify myself with the residents, especially at crossroads, who are experiencing some of the difficulties of life even more than I am. Um, and so this song talks about the reality of life and in spite of that it is well with my soul Um, verse 1 talks about sorrows that we have they have verse 2 talks about being buffeted by Satan surely he buffets them as much as he buffets us verse 3 talks about forgiveness we still sin and we still need forgiveness that's not just a part but all of our sins are forgiven through the cross they need to know that as well as you and I and verse 4 mentions the fact that clouds are going to be rolled back away emotional clouds spiritual clouds that you and I have experienced they experience too so as we sing this song and, and we're we're, in a sense, it's, we're praying for ourselves as Christians, but we're also making this great declaration that in spite of these things, and we, we who have been in crossroads know some of the stuff that they're facing. In spite of that, Christians can say, How you doing? It's well with my soul.
we were kind of feeling led into two specific areas. Um, one was helping with mental health, but that's such a big, um, big topic to be able to help with. And then the other was teachers. And so we thought that really went together. And so our goal was just to really minister to teachers and to schools and to um, encourage them um, and be a light to them in this really difficult time this year. I think you were... What have you done? Yes, I guess that's me. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, what's not on there, first and foremost, uh, we've prayed. It's, it's not about what we do, it's about what God was doing, and we were asking him to prepare this mission field for us. So, in, in uh, going out and doing things, uh, uh, we first wanted to figure out how to, how to contact them, so we went through the effort of uh, looking up the names of the, the teachers and staff at the different schools and finding contacts to see what we could even what we were allowed to share and not share. And in doing that, we, we came up with an email uh, in early December just announcing that we, we were there praying for them and asking for prayer needs. And uh, this, this was our introduction. Knock, knock. Boo. Don't cry. We're here to help. We, we just thought it was something a little goofy and corny. It might get their attention. And no, it just, just we're different. And we're just looking out to contact him. Um, uh, I don't know. We wouldn't want to read all this? I didn't think so. Okay. Okay. Uh, then, then after that, you know, I mean, we were have a similar to situation as the Crossroads community is that we couldn't be in contact with any of these people. So, again, prayer was very important how to keep up. Uh, we did get one or two responses from the, from the first email, so that was encouraging. Uh, we obviously, we'd have liked more. The total number of emails was over 200, right? Or 150-ish? 150. Yeah, we got like uh, a handful, but, uh, you know, uh, with God, it's not about the numbers, it's about just saving that one, so that was encouraging for us. Uh, then we went on. Can I go back? Now, now that I'm talking, I'm losing what I had in my mind. Uh, and again, um, we had some creativity uh, to, to do that service. You know, we all pitched in and wrote and tweaked the letter. Uh, coming into Valentine's Day, we wanted to do something more tangible, and we came up with the idea of delivering some gift baskets that the teachers would enjoy, some treats and stuff. Uh, and Valentine's Day turned out to be also in line with their teachers' conferences, so it turned out to be really appreciated by them. Uh, again, it was a work, uh, a team effort that uh, people pitched in and did the shopping, uh, the different treats and baskets, came up with uh, a theme for um, an introduction in there, which I can't really read anymore. Can you read that, Katie? No. Do you remember what it says? Yeah, that, that's about it. Amazing or awesome, yeah. Uh, so it was a good team effort. And, uh, again, uh, we were able to uh, put these together uh, and deliver them all uh, in the same day. And it just, uh, I was one of the people that was gifted with being able to deliver them. I mean, just seeing the faces and the enjoyment of the staff that was accepting on them on behalf of the other was very uh, rewarding for me myself. 
Um, and, um, you know, we're continuing to look for other opportunities to interact with them. Obviously, uh, we, we looked into uh, PTO organizations and seeing, but they're not meeting either. So we're, we're really, again, sort of finding closed doors. So now we're organizing a, a, another gift basket for the teachers toward the end of the year. Just to let them know, we haven't forgot about you and we're not going to forget about you over the summer. So went through the same thing. Uh, um, did some shopping, came up with another beautiful card there. Uh, and uh, we tentatively are delivering them this week. Yeah, so we've had these. We've been praying over them for the last week. We postponed our delivery date uh, just to have a little more impact with things going on there. Uh, have I missed anything? How we live this family? So through a variety of factors, it seemed like we had to work pretty hard just to meet together weekly, um, which we we made it work. It took meeting through Zoom, meeting here at least once, meeting at Mitch and Katie's, meeting at Lorem Healthways, meeting at Larry's, um, inside, outside, sometimes everyone over Zoom, sometimes half over Zoom. There was a lot of different ways that we made it work to meet together even when we couldn't all be together in person. Um, and one of the struggles with that, I know for me specifically, but I think it's for most of the group, was just connecting over Zoom isn't the easiest thing in the world. And along with that, we don't all know each other super well yet. Um, so that was just a little bit of a challenge. Um, but we, when we could, we met in person. and. Um, also trying to work with a group, like Larry mentioned, that we couldn't make a lot of contact with. So it just felt like a lot of separation in that. Um, so then we decided we needed to start making more of an effort to be together, um, outside of just our weekly gathering. So the first time I think we made an attempt to do that, we had a fire in the snow, um, all huddled around, and Larry flopping in the snow as kids threw snowballs at him. And, um, it, it was a good time of community, as family, just to, to be able to be together, um, even though it was not necessarily ideal conditions, but to be in the snow where there was a fire to stay warm, but we, we made the, the effort, and uh, from there we continued to do that. I'm not sure even how many times it's been at this point, but um, one of those was yesterday. We were, I think that was the first time we shared a meal together as our whole group. Um, and that was a blessing, just to be able to finally get back into what we've wanted this to be for the last six months. Um, as we've been so separated, it was nice to be together. Um, we've also just been, we have multiple different uh, groups on an app for, amongst our group, with everyone in it for prayer requests or for just the general things going on, just so we can communicate and keep in touch and um, just be a part of people's lives as we can't always see each other in person. We were able to still try to be close as family as much as we could. But I think oh, we've got, there's our snowy fire. <laughs> and in spite of all the challenges and difficulties, we have seen God be faithful as he always is and 
Um, as Jonathan mentioned, it did take some perseverance just to be able to meet together, but I think uh, we all agree that that perseverance did um, draw us a little closer, I think. When you have to work really hard at something, um, it shows that it's important to you, and um, that will bear fruit in and of itself. Um, we did get, as Larry mentioned, we did get a couple of emails back from the original uh, contacts that we sent out to the teachers, and um, two of them were from believers who are working in District 200, and they just mentioned how encouraging it was um, to have this email where to know that there are people praying for them and their coworkers and um, putting forward a positive face on um, Christianity when um, one teacher particularly said it's, it's a tough crowd, basically. Um, so they were encouraged, um, and then, of course, we were encouraged to know that um, we were able to um, yeah, bring a little encouragement to people who are working there. Um, of course, we've been praying for them, and um, we received some cards uh, after our Valentine's treat baskets, um, just letting us know that the teachers and staff, again, were encouraged and um, as they mentioned, you know, a few different people mentioned, it's so great to be part of this awesome community. And um, so, in spite of all the challenges, I think we were able to provide some encouragement, some hope, um, just letting people know that somebody's thinking of them. And um, we also got to um, know the community liaison, Deborah Wolsdorf, a little bit better through many contacts with her. So that's a positive contact um, going forward if uh, God leads us to continue this mission field. Um, we have a pretty good relationship with her now. Um, and yeah, I think our gospel community is coming together. We're getting to know each other more and uh, building those relationships too. So we're praising God for his faithfulness. All right. So what are we doing in the future? Well, one of the things that has kind of come up is, um, yeah, what, what do we want to do for the future? Serving the schools from a distance has been um, challenging, uh, to say the least, to not have physical contact, but not be with people face-to-face. Um, as you heard, a lot of the PTOs weren't meeting, and a lot of the kind of the ways that we wanted to kind of um, build relationships, build bridges, um, found challenging in this season, and so um, we do want to always be open to whatever God might want us to do, and so do we want to keep going uh, with the schools, or do we want to, um, you know, in a good way maybe with this last basket, finish things out, and kind of pray about it over the summer, and, and see where God leads us. So, um, that's kind of the nice thing about, you know, being in the missional community is we can retool if we feel like we need to or we can kind of keep pressing in. And so I think that that maybe is the plan is to deliver this last basket and spend the summer kind of um, praying, discerning, maybe making some contacts and then um, seeing if, if we go forward with the schools. If we do go forward with the schools, um, Right now we've been serving all, is it seven schools? Seven schools. Um, collectively, you know, gift, gifting baskets and things like that. 
Uh, would we want to continue down that path, trying to serve all of the schools? Or as COVID hopefully kind of uh, comes to an end, maybe there'll be some ways to maybe focus in on one school or two schools or something that could be a little more personal. Um, one school in particular that's close to the Kirchmeyers and, and right across the street from, I think, Brian, from your house, right, if I remember correctly, is, uh, is Clay Academy. And Clay Academy, as I understand it, is a bit of a unique school uh, for kids that have special needs or maybe behavioral things going on. They just need a little bit of attention. And one thing we noted was that Clay Academy does not, does not appear to have a parent-teacher organization. So the organization that does a lot of the care for staff and uh, special little, you know, like extra money or things the kids might need, that school um, is probably a higher need school already and they might not have that extra support that most schools do um, that kind of rallies around it. So would that be a possibility for a group like ours to kind of adopt a school of sorts and kind of rally around them. So lots to pray about and and determine what God might do in the future, want to do in the future with the group. Um, Another area for the future is just, you know, as things open up and as you heard about yesterday, we had our first kind of uh, potluck kind of barbecue. Um, Just now that we're not on Zoom so much, and we're able to gather outdoors especially, and you know, when everybody gets vaccinated, maybe even indoors, we, can, uh, you know, we just thought it would be so important to get to know each other better. And um, how do you grow spiritually if you don't really know each other? So sharing our stories has kind of come up as a major focus of the group. And uh, we'll do that a couple different ways. We've already kind of started with some of the fires and things that we've done. Um, using some discipleship cards that Jonathan has brought and just asking different questions about different areas of life and having people share uh, yeah, how they meet with God. Uh, some of them have been on finances. How do, you, <laughs> how do you handle your money? And just different things like that. It's been very interesting. And then one other thing we might try is a, a life map where you kind of like map out a timeline of your life and here's where I was born and went to school and here's what I've done, and here's where I'm at, here's where I've had highs, here's where I've seen had lows, here's where I've had losses. Um, here, an, an important thing that's really interesting is, here's where I've seen God's sightings in my life, and how he's led and directed me and been faithful. So we're hoping to do that as well. And then the last one is, uh, we're hoping to go camping in a couple weeks. So we're still kind of uh, nailing down the place, but uh, yeah, that'll be another fun activity. So we're going to spend a couple of minutes in prayer. We would love you to join us in prayer today and continuing on, um, specifically for handing out baskets this upcoming week, that that would go smoothly, that they would be received well, that they would be a blessing to the teachers, um, that they would just know how much they're loved and cared for and kind of give them that final push to finish through the rest of the school year. And also just opportunities for them to keep contacting us through that email that we provided. Um, If you would continue praying for discernment for the future, as Dwayne was sharing, just where is God leading our group to continue serving and ministering, um, just guidance and ability for us to hear the Spirit's leading. 
And then if you would just continue to pray for our group that as we continue to get to know each other better, that we would grow in love for one another um, as we continue to learn more specifically about each other's stories and just what God has done in each of our lives, that um, God would just use that to bless our group and bind us together. So we'll spend a couple of minutes in prayer. Feel free to pray with someone next to you. Pray quietly to yourself. Father God, we thank you and praise you for your faithfulness and the way that you have just blessed us um, thus far. God, thank you for unifying us. Thank you for going before us and giving us wisdom and how to show your love. Would you continue to do so and continue to bless our gospel community and both gospel communities like God? In your name we pray. Amen. If you could grab your songbooks again and stand with me. Um, we have also chosen two songs. Um, the first one that we're going to sing together is by Faith, number eight in your song box. Um, and I think no matter what mission field we're going to, um, we go forward in faith, um, in faith that God is going to provide for us, and faith that God is going to use us. Um, and so we have gone forward in faith, and we will go forward in faith in the future.
I was intending for a devotional for us to read through the entire book of Matthew, but for the sake of time, I think I'm going to cut things back a little bit. So, um, when I was thinking about what we were going to do today to come together, to meet together, uh, I wanted to look for verses that kind of describe what is the dynamic that happens when we do that as a church body. And coming together and hearing these stories that we've heard today, um, uh, we are, uh, there's a purpose behind that. And uh, we've heard how the Lord has worked and what we have done for his sake and the message that we have tried to proclaim. And so I wanted to try to find a verse that kind of captures that flavor. And I found one in uh, the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. And in verse, uh, in verse 25 it says, Hebrews 10, 25, not, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. And I got, I got stuck on that word encouragement. You know, this has uh, been a great day because I'm, my heart is being uplifted today. I mean, I'm being very much encouraged. I'm being strengthened in, in knowing that there are fellow Christians who are working in different ministries, that we are being prayerful, that we're being intentional to follow what uh, Christ has given to us to be as messengers. And, uh, and that's, a, that's a strengthening aspect, to be encouraged in that way. So this verse talked about encouragement, but I realized that this verse comes at the end of a paragraph. And that whole paragraph has something to do with encouragement. And what the writer of Hebrews says in the previous verses really gives more of a depth as to what encouragement is about and how we can be encouraged, uh, not only individually, but also collectively in that way. And he he gives encouragement in three different ways. And he does it in a corporate way. He uses the the phrase, let us, three times. He uses the, the words, let us. So he's not just speaking to an individual. He's saying, I'm inviting you all who are reading this verses, these verses. I'm inviting all of us who are looking into us. Let us do this. Let us do something and be encouraged by that. So I just wanted to take a look at three ways that this writer is encouraging us. And so at the beginning of the paragraph, which begins in verse 19, um, he says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened to us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I don't have time to go into all the things that he's referencing here, but in the chapters that preceded this, the author is describing how Christ is superior in so many different ways over the Old Testament practices and the ways that the people of Israel came before God. They had to bring sacrifices, and it was exclusively by the priests that these blood offerings were performed. But also then on a yearly basis, one priest would take the blood and enter into the most holy, sacred place of the temple and deliver that blood there on behalf of a sacrifice for all the people of Israel. And what this writer is alluding to here in these verses is, is that what Christ has done for us as our sacrifice is much greater than that. But it has the same effect, but in a much more deeper way. Christ's sacrifice cleanses us 
from our sins. It offers us forgiveness from our sins. But more than that, it puts us in a great standing before God himself. Whereas in the Old Testament, it was just one person who was able to come before the presence of God with the sacrifice. Now through Christ, we all can come into the presence of God. That's a heavy thing to think about. It's a wonderful thing to think about, that we have the privilege through Christ to come into the presence of God. And that's what this writer is inviting us to do by saying, let us draw near. Let us draw near to God. We don't need to be afraid. We have confidence by faith that we can come before God. And the way that we do that is, is one way that we've talked about today is, is that we do that with prayer. And as we seek God's guidance, as we as gospel communities have sought to discern how can we best deliver a message and give people uh, be followers of Christ in our obedience, we pray about it. So let us continue to do that. Let us continue to seek God. That really is foundational for anything that we are trying to do here, not only as gospel communities, but as a church. That we have the privilege and the right to stand before God, to come into God's presence. I hope that makes you excited about doing that. We shouldn't be fearful of God. We have a new and living way to enter into God's presence. So let us do that. Let's be encouraged to do that. The second way that he uh, encourages us is found in verse 23, where he says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We have received the message of good news. We have received a message from uh, uh, Christ because of what Christ's uh, work has done. We are given promises. We are given the promise of salvation. We are given the promise of forgiveness of sins. We are given a promise of eternal life. And these are promises that we can hold on to because the person who is giving these promises are faithful to us. He will fulfill these promises. And so the encouragement that this verse uh, asks us to ask us to think about is let us hold fast to that message. Let us hold fast to it. See how it applies to our lives. But this is a message that we want to bring and give to others. This is why we're called Good News Church. We have a message of good news to bring to other people, to give them the same kind of hope, the same kind of promises that we have so that they can hold on to uh, the person of God who is faithful in, in fulfilling the promises that he gives. So let us desire that. We must hold fast to that hope, message of hope. And then the third encouragement that is given in these verses is in verse 24. Uh, oh, I left the wrong one down. No, it's in verse 24. And let us consider how to stir, what, stir up one another to love and good deeds. So within our interactions with each other, this is how we interrelate. This is how we act amongst ourselves. We're not just thinking about ourselves, but we are giving thoughtful consideration as to how we can go about to encourage other people to love and to do good deeds. Not good deeds that are going to get us acclaim or fame or anything like that. This is, these are good deeds that stem from the love that we have received from Christ, that we have to give to others, 
that we would like to see other people practice and put into action also. So it's prompting us towards loving others, not only within our group, but also beyond our group. That what motivates us as we think about the people to who we want to reach out to, that we are doing this as an act of love. Not a responsibility, not an obligation, but this is a sense of this is how God wants us to live so that God's love can be displayed in our actions. And we've heard about that in the testimonies and the reports that we've given as a group. We are seeing how God has worked. And we are, by faith, hoping that, that those demonstrations of love are being received and understood by those to whom we minister. So let me read, let me read those verses in their entirety. And you can see how the first verse that I read kind of is like a cumulative effect of what these verses are talking about in terms of encouragement. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain, that is, through his flesh, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from the evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting meeting together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near. That last part as you see the day drawing near, there is a time when we will see the fulfillment of all of these things that we hope for and believe in, that Christ will be coming and reigning one day. And so in a sense, there's a little bit of an urgency here. Let us be faithful in practicing and, and, and uh, enacting these acts of love and this ministry to other people. Let's continue to do this. Let us by faith draw near to God. Let us hold fast to the hope of the message that we proclaim. And let us together faithfully stimulate each other to love and good deeds. Amen. Thank you, Brian. Thanks for everyone for what you shared and prepared. Um, as Brian said, like this is a way that we uh, get built up and strengthened and get uh, stir each other up to good deeds. Um, we're going to take the Lord's Supper together, uh, which is perhaps the greatest sign of unity um, as a church. You know, sharing this as a way to show to unify as a church, but uh, taking the Lord's Supper is showing uh, well, there's no barriers between us and God. And there should be no barriers between each other. And it's, it's this coming together of we're taking one, uh, one bread, one cup together, uh, and of what Jesus, uh, his body being broken, his blood poured out, because that's what makes us right with God. And when we're right with God, and that brings us together as a community. Uh, so take some time, um, silently confess, and uh, some of the things maybe Brian talked about um, and that you're seeing, like, you know what, I'm maybe having, not feeling stirred up to love and good deeds, or I'm needing uh, to uh, hold more sure to the uh, faith and confidence God has given. Or maybe you're just thanking Jesus for what he's done, and as he's do so, I'll bring the elements around.
God, thank you that we, as Brian said, have a privilege and a right given to us to come before you. That the only way we can be made clean is by Jesus' sacrifice and death on our behalf. Lord, we uh, rejoice in that fact that we come to you white as snow because you've made us clean. And Lord, would you, as the what we've talked about today fills our hearts, uh, would you let us be uh, going out and doing good love and good deeds in the power of your spirit. This is name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand with me to read the words from 1 Corinthians 11. Apostle Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take the bread together. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Let's take the cup together. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And um, I'm just going to talk for a few moments. Uh, like I said, of the vision that gospel communities, if you'd like to sit, you can. We're going to sing in just a moment the song, How Great Is Our God, as a way to um, celebrate what God's doing. But the, the vision we've heard from these two gospel communities of our church is to uh, show and tell the good news of Jesus to every man, woman, and child. And I just want you to imagine for a minute, we've heard today from two gospel communities and what they're doing um, at a nursing home and then in the schools. And then, but our vision is that we would be able to show and tell the good news of Jesus to every man, woman, and child. And so imagine uh, now if we had three gospel communities or four gospel communities or five or 20, and imagine if each of them was sharing, this is what we've been up to. And we hear all these, as Brian was saying, the love and good works um, of what they're doing as a family together and then what they're doing in all the various pockets of Woodstock and McHenry County and all the, any of the surrounding counties around here in Chicago and Illinois. I'm like, what would that be like of uh, us having these communities that are going into the places where there's the biggest struggles, the biggest pain, the biggest hurts, and the most darkness, and that we are communities taking that light into those places. And so as you think of that, wow, what would it look like, you know, as we keep multiplying gospel communities as a church to be, as we're, you know, living as family, loving as servants, and going as messengers uh, so we can show and tell the good news of Jesus to those places that most need it. Um, and have that in your head as we sing our last song. We're singing, How Great Is Our God, on uh, number 12. So if you want to stand for that. So as mentioned, say number 12, How Great Is Our God.
hear a closing words from the end of uh, the gospel according to Matthew. It's funny, Brian joked about reading the whole thing. Uh, but the end of the gospel according to Matthew, um, Jesus says, uh, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey all I command you, and baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he says, And I'll be with you always to the end of the age. So let's hear those words as our close and go in peace.